cybercrime, macroeconomic conditions, ESG reporting. You can't predict the future, but you can prepare for it. By understanding your risk, you can make your business resilient to challenges on the road ahead. What's more, you can turn those risks into opportunities. EY helps CFOs, boards, and audit committees see beyond the numbers to uncover the critical insights that make their organizations resilient, even in an ever-shifting landscape. For more insights that matter, visit ey.com slash beyond the numbers. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. When cyber criminals strike, the difference between a catastrophic event and resilience is preparedness. Finance leaders who plan ahead can thwart the damage posed by ransomware. Yet in a recent EY poll, only 23% of directors expressed confidence in their organization's ability to respond to a ransomware attack. Cyber preparedness is just one facet of the complex risk landscape finance leaders face every day. Now more than ever, it's vital to keep ahead of developments. Cybercrime, macroeconomic conditions, ESG reporting. You can't predict the future, but you can prepare for it. By understanding your risk, you can make your business resilient to challenges on the road ahead. What's more, you can turn those risks into opportunities. EY helps CFOs, boards, and audit committees see beyond the numbers to uncover the critical insights that make their organizations resilient, even in an ever-shifting landscape. For more insights that matter, visit ey.com slash beyond the numbers. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY.
Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Masters in Business. I'm Jason Kelly, Chief Correspondent for Bloomberg Quick Take and the host of Bloomberg Sports. Well, he's got one of the most recognizable voices in the world and has spoken some of the most memorable lines ever in movies. It's showtime. I'll be back. Before Reese or LeBron, Arnold was the original multi-hyphenate, famous for being a bodybuilder, a movie star, and governor of California, and quietly a very successful businessman. I've very carefully chosen the people that I work with because Arnold is kind of my model to be people who do have that business gene, then it becomes very hard to work. And I learned from Arnold, they have to have that instinct. For more than 40 years, he pioneered a strategy of not just endorsing, but investing, buying real estate and airplanes and partnering around everything from Planet Hollywood to Hummer. His secret weapon? An advisor and banker named Paul Wachter that Schwarzenegger met in the early 1980s. Schwarzenegger encouraged Walker 25 years ago to ditch investment banking and hang out a shingle in Santa Monica. Walker, through his firm Main Street Advisors, has continued to advise Arnold and subsequently used that same template to work with clients from LeBron to Billie Eilish, helping create companies like Beats by Dre and Lobos Tequila in the process. I recently got a chance to sit down with Paul and Arnold in LA to talk about their partnership how the world of entertainer and athlete investment has exploded, and what even the non-famous can learn about building wealth. Talk to me more about that notion that you saw very early on, very early in your career, that you wanted to have a serious business in addition to what you were doing as an athlete, as an entertainer. Why? What opened your eyes to that early on? I was fascinated about the fact that you can make so much money, for instance, in real estate. So I got into real estate. And, um, and it was also at the time where we had a high inflation. And so the real estate went up every year by 10%, 15%. So if you owned a million-dollar building, it went up by $150,000. So at that time, you could have worked your ass off. and would have never made $150,000. And that's an investment. You don't have to do anything. Just wait until the year's over, and then you have the properties worth 150000 more. So, so it, was, it was clear to me that I was interested in investing, but also remember that I studied business right. when I was in, uh, back in Austria. And we specialized specifically in marketing and in selling. And little did I know then that in life, no matter what you do, it always evolves around marketing, how to publicize, and how to sell. Right. It doesn't matter if you're in a business of movies or if you're in a business of art and paintings or if you're in sports, uh, if you're in clothing. No matter what business you're in, you have to go and let the world know that this product exists. And only then are you able to sell it. Right. And then you have to also be a, big, a good businessman. So I somehow, through some miracle reason, I had this early training from the time I was 15 to the time I was 18 in Austria, where I was actually a salesman, where I studied business in, in, in the school, and so I studied uh, you know, how to do business, how to make money, how to do the accounting and all of this stuff. 
And so that was very helpful for the rest of my life. I never knew then that I would use those kind of talents the rest of my life. So I was always was interested in business, and therefore I had this kind of great advantage so that when I started making a lot of money in the show business, I knew what to do right. with this money, and I knew how to go and pay through my investments for the taxes and never re- really worry about you know having an offshore corporation or any of those kind of things. That, that, that I despise all of the stuff that the way you try to avoid paying taxes. I always was a guy that was interested in paying taxes, but I also wanted to make sure at the same time that I invest my money so that I make up for that, for those kind of right. payments that they give to the IIS. But Paul, that's, that's atypical to say the least, right? For someone to come into a career thinking that some people come, I mean, you have deep experience here. What were your observations of Arnold in those sort of early days, having come to the table with that kind of experience? Well, it was clear to me from the beginning that he was interested in business. I don't think it would have ever worked out for us to work together if he weren't interested in business. If he had just said, I don't know anything about business, go figure it out. The fact is, he was a partner to me in it, and he came with a very different perspective than I have. So... I've learned a lot over the years from him and other people. I think I have much more of a marketing gene now, and I understand all that. But coming in, I was more of a financial person. And so I learned a lot about marketing and sales and things like that from him. I always say that whoever that guy was that taught Arnold sales in Austria and like, you know, whatever year that was, they should should build a statue to him or something because he was obviously really good. But, you know, Arnold was always had that uh, sales and marketing gene. And I was, say, I was saying uh, before that, I don't know if he was the first person, but I think he might have been the first person who kind of traveled around the world promoting his movies. Because first of all, he had a global perspective, which I also did. And when I was a banker, investment banker, a lot of global In Venezuela, I worked in Israel, I worked in Europe. So I, that thing, which was unusual for, an, for most Americans. So he had that global perspective, but also he was always thinking about selling. It was like, if you, if you do something or you make something and you can't sell it, what's the point? And so, and that was true of his movies. And so he was on Johnny Carson. That's how I first knew who he was. I wasn't, uh, I mean, look at me, you think I was a bodybuilding fanatic, but <laughs> I'm actually not. But I'd That's seen why him, this is a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd, see him on, I'd seen him on Johnny Carson many times, and I just found him to be so interesting because he was such a great salesman. And he would do this thing with Johnny Carson, and I, watched, I was a big Carson fan. So I kind of knew his rhythm where Arnold would just segue right into selling, and Carson always got the joke. And he always kind of led Arnold to the point where Arnold could go. Oh, and by the way, I'm just coming out with a movie. And it was like an inside joke between the two of them. And so I think when you ask that question, I wouldn't have been as interested in what we were doing if I didn't feel that he had the business gene and would be business partner. He just didn't have time. And obviously, I have certain skills and finance and things that I not have. But some of the stuff he talked about, like um, all the Planet Hollywood stuff before I started my that was really one of the things we worked on while I was still an investment banker before. And I think we together did a great job on that. And it was a great thing. And I remember once he called me and said, I, w- I want to buy Santa Clarita Studios 
drive up there and look at it, which is way the hell up in Antelope Valley near Magic Mountain. And I was just like, what am, what is going, you know, what is this actually probably wouldn't have been a bad today. It would have been an incredible asset to have. So he was always thinking like that, you know, he was thinking about investing, thinking about business, thinking about market. And yet your peers were not, obviously, keep me honest here, Arnold, like they would make a movie, then sort of move on to the next one. They weren't going and, and pitching it around the world. They weren't maybe as assiduously courting the Carsons of the world to do that. Might do some endorsements here and there, but like, what did you see that, that was missing? Well, I don't think there was anything missing with those guys. I think they were very, very talented actors. That, that, but that, that was their craft. That was their talent. They were extraordinary actors, but they were not necessarily businessmen. So to them, when the agent said, look, I can get you, in those days, a million dollars was a lot of money. I can get you a million dollars a movie. Those guys were very happy. Right. But they didn't think about it beyond, okay, the 50% if you pay taxes, and then you have my staff, I have my write-offs, I have my, 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 my businesses, and uh, all the expenses, and da, 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 all those kind of things. They didn't think that way. It was just, oh, I'm so happy that I get this money, and that was it. And there was a business manager that then took care of the money. And, you know, who knows what they were doing, right? I mean, uh, it was like a lot of those actors eventually lost their money and had nothing and owed the IIS in the millions of dollars. And so, so but this is because they were actors and not businessmen. I happened to have uh, the talent that first I came from business, then I went into bodybuilding, yeah. then yeah. I went into acting. So I have a totally different approach. Also, let's not forget that I have the advantage of having come from Europe. So when you come from Europe and you've traveled now with bodybuilding the entire world, doesn't matter if you go to Australia or to African uh, countries or you go to Asian countries, European countries, you're all over the place in all over America, South America, North America, and all this. So you cover the world. When I went into show business and I started doing movies, I remember that we sat down with Universal Studio. And they said, okay, we're going to go and send you with Conan the Barbarian to uh, France and uh, to Germany and to Japan. So I said, why only three countries? They said, well, these are our biggest buyers and the other ones are not really up to par with our movies. They do their own movies and all this stuff. I said, well, isn't it time that we go and promote our movies also in the countries that are not yet very you know, beneficial and bring a lot of profits? And they said, no, 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 they don't want to do that. And actors don't like to fly around the world anyway. I said, well, I said, let's pull out a map and let's go and decide now which countries we should go. I would like to go to 10 countries just to make it up, 10 countries. And uh, they said, you would? I said, yeah. So all of a sudden they said, oh, yeah, well, actually, we always wanted to send someone to Norway and to Finland and to the Nordic countries in Europe. We also would like to go and have you go to Italy. How about Spain? I said, well, yeah, in Spain, we shot the movie, Conan the Barbarian. Of course, we should go to Spain. And then, then we go to Japan. And then we go. So now we made up 10 countries. And they called me back after and said, Honor, this was such a hit. Now those countries want to buy other movies of ours and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, it was like a no-brainer for me that you say the world is the marketplace, not just the United States, not just Japan, not just Germany. The world is the marketplace. And if it isn't yet there, Let's build it. And I, of course, thought about it a little bit selfishly at the same time because I said to myself, if the studio is paying for me to travel around the world to promote the movie, 
well, who is this going to benefit? I'm the star of the movie. I'm going to benefit from that. And so I always looked at it as kind of like a, in a synergy, in a synergetic way uh, that you have to go and think about your own career, your own name, how to build that up. So I think that those talents of marketing, publicity, business, and then the national vision of that is because of my background. Uh, and I don't expect other people to have that naturally. If it doesn't matter if you're a LeBron or if you're Mark Spitz or if you're Joe Namath or anything like that, any of those big athletic names, you know, you don't, you don't get good in those areas just because you're a great athlete. Right, right. And so let's talk about Planet Hollywood because as you look back, what was in your mind when that came across? Well, the original offers and a lot of the deals that I have done was always we would like you to endorse this. And all you have to do is take a picture with it and we take a picture together and you come to the original opening of, uh, you know, a flagship uh, restaurant or store, whatever it is, whatever product it is. And, uh, and that's it. And you make a certain amount of money. And I always felt kind of like it's not as organic. I didn't want to be just doing a commercial and get the money. I always felt like I should get involved. So Planet Hollywood was one of those, because you mentioned it, a good example, where I said, well, you know, I don't want to just do a commercial or I don't want to just do an endorsement, but why don't I get involved and I have a certain small ownership of the business? And so they said, oh, would you want to do that? And I said, yeah. I said, give me no money. I don't want no money. I said, I'm not cash poor. I said, luckily, I've always invested my money well. So I said, I'd like to take a little risk myself. I said, I'm not scared of risks. And they said, you would do that? Jeez, this is a real business thinking kind of a mentality you got there. And I said, yeah, yeah. I said, let's just do that. And they said, we, we made this deal. And then I uh, helped them. And then it became part of the business, part of the decision making. And uh, then I talked them into that we should also have Stallone. And then we should have Bruce Willis and Whoopi Goldberg. And the list went on and on. All of a sudden, we had like 20 celebrities that were able to travel all over the world and uh, create sometimes up to 40,000, 50,000 people participating in an opening of a planet Hollywood. I mean, in, in London, they said, we haven't seen that many people since the Beatles, Beatles performed. And uh, so this is the kind of crowds that we got. It was all because celebrities were involved. It looked organic. It didn't look like just an endorsement. It looked like they were really involved because they went to the various different locations and openings. Their movie memorabilia were inside the restaurant. So there was like a real feeling like we have given up all of our memorabilia to scatter them all over the world, which we did. Right. And then they had to make copies of that because, of course, the restaurant business grew so fast. And so this was like a huge coup. And, you know, by the time I sold this whole thing, I, you know, made tens of millions of dollars with no investment of it. So people were then shocked and said, gee, you made the second most amount of money of anybody in that business, in the Planet Hollywood business. How did you do that? I said, well, I said, I'm a businessman. I know exactly how to do it and when to sell and all this stuff. And of course, Paul was right there. Main Street Advisors was right there on every step of the way, helping me later on after we were in business already for a while. And in order, so it's the same thing with Autumn at BK. They came to me and said, We would like to do a watch with you. 
And they're, of course, one of the greatest watch companies. And I said, well, that would be great. I said, let's do a watch. What can we do together? And they said, well, you tell us. I said, well, I'm doing a movie right now, end of days. I said, how about creating a black watch, the Royal Oak, which I love. I said, the Royal Oak, and we make it all black. And they said, this is Arnold. All black will not sell. People like colors. I say, ah, then let's go and make the numbers yellow if you like color. They said, it's just too simple. It wouldn't work. It was a big deal. They said, that's the watch that we're going to do. It's going to be called the end of day's watch. And that's it. And that's all. And then they said, oh, okay. We want to do a watch with you no matter what you say. Okay, okay. So they did it. And they immediately called me back when the watch came out and says, we are sold out. It went through the roof. How did you know that? So anyway, the bottom line is I realized that you can make millions of dollars in the watch business if you're involved in the design. I went over there to Automobile to the factory, and they put on my white coat. And the mask around the mouth, you know, how the scientists, they run around, the, 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 the mechanics and all this stuff, so that there's nothing that gets down on any of the mechanisms of the watches. And it's a gimmick, probably, a lot of it. But, I mean, at the bottom line is, you know, I, I went to do the whole thing. And to show people that they're actually sitting there with the watch designer and we're designing the watch. Because at that point now, we were designing the Terminator 3 watch. And so this is how it went from one watch to the next. We did then after that, we did the six day watch, end of days watch, the Terminator watch. And we went for every movie, did a watch. Now, the millions of dollars that I got paid for this was actually not for myself, it was for the after school programs. So I said to myself, I'm going to go and I have my favorite charity, which just started in the 90s. And said, all of the money that I'm going to make with the watches, I'm going to put into the charity, into after-school programs for those kids, because the kids are our best investment, right? So that was the idea. And all of my BK was very, very happy with that idea that I wasn't selfish and was just thinking about myself. So they made any deal that I wanted to make. I said, so and so many millions of dollars for this watch, so and so many millions of dollars for this watch. And they just paid it because they said it's for a good cause. Arnold is not taking it himself. So this is another concept, okay, that you, you go... Uh, you know, kind of against synergy, where you go beyond just, you know, making money, but how you can donate the money and the whole thing. But anyway, it was in the watch business. It was like that. And with the airplane deal, I remember it was like that. When the Singapore Airlines uh, said, you know, we, we don't want to own all of our planes. We want to go and have someone else buy the plane. Remember that, Paul? And they, 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 they said, we want to have someone else buy the plane, some institution, pensions or whatever. If they buy the plane... And uh, we lease it. So I said, well, why shouldn't I have a Singapore airline right. plane? <laughs> you know, I have the money to buy. It was $144 It's a natural question, right? Like, exactly. So, <laughs> so we bought a plane and Paul made the deal. We bought the, we, we, we bought the plane and we had the most extraordinary investment. Because now, now 10 years later, then you, it is, it is, you, know, you have this plane now. The lease is over. Now you can go and sell it. But they now, it's, it's of course, it's devalued down to $60 million from $134 million. Well, now the plane still sold for $100 million. So now you made an extra $40 million investment, not even talking about all of the write-offs that you had, because I had my own 
a private plane, of course, that I flew around with. So we had all the write-offs there. So this was a huge deal where we literally tripled our, or quadrupled our money in a short period of time. So I mean, anyway, so this is the kind of things that I do and that Paul helps me with. And the idea of it all is <clears throat> that Paul, and I think we are celebrating kind of like Main Street Advisors, because it has been now in operation for how long? 25 years now. And we talked about that, how he now for 25 years has helped other celebrities that don't have the talent of this. Not because they're idiots. They are smart. But it's just a a special talent. It's like having a talent of playing basketball, being a bodybuilding champion or weightlifter. And that you're not born right away with the same talent of being a businessman and, and understanding numbers. And so Paul has been helping those guys. Uh, and Paul can tell you about the whole list of celebrities that are in music, that are in sports, that are in, you know, in various different sports, people that are record producers, people that are in the record business, they're in different business, right. but their talent is to produce records, not necessarily the, how to do business. And in artists and all of this stuff, so Paul can talk more about yeah, that. But, but I mean, but, to but, me, but, that is the fascinating thing about Paul is that he adapted to this. It was a new idea, but I knew he's going to adapt. And not only adapt, but also then add his intelligence and his know-how to the whole thing and then make two and two become six. Right. You know, so he defined math. When cyber criminals strike, the difference between a catastrophic event and resilience is preparedness. Finance leaders who plan ahead can thwart the damage posed by ransomware. Yet in a recent EY poll, only 23% of directors expressed confidence in their organization's ability to respond to a ransomware attack. Cyber preparedness is just one facet of the complex risk landscape finance leaders face every day. Now more than ever, it's vital to keep ahead of developments. Cybercrime, macroeconomic conditions, ESG reporting. You can't predict the future, but you can prepare for it. By understanding your risk, you can make your business resilient to challenges on the road ahead. What's more, you can turn those risks into opportunities. EY helps CFOs, boards, and audit committees see beyond the numbers to uncover the critical insights that make their organizations resilient, even in an ever-shifting landscape. For more insights that matter, visit ey.com slash beyond the numbers. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication, it's fortitude, and it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. 
they're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. I would say, uh, and not being modest about it, I'm honest about it. I think I've very carefully chosen the people that I work with is Arnold is kind of my model to be people who do have that business gene. Now they may not have the finance background or the, the, some of them may be great at math, some of them aren't, but they, they have the business gene because when you don't have that gene, then it becomes very hard to work. And I learned from Arnold, I'd say, you know, that that as looking for clients that the people that I work with, they have to have that instinct because otherwise they don't get it. And the people that I work with do get it. And a lot of it is time. People who are, you know, athletes, musicians, actors, they don't necessarily have time, but they have to have the instinct. And also in some cases, they have other people around them who are really good at business. So, but, but I learned a lot of this from Arnold and I built this business based on lessons like work with someone who gets it and who has that, that instinct and that um, aptitude. Also, which he hasn't said, but which is the lesson I think that he most importantly drilled into me at the beginning was authenticity. Like, don't do anything that isn't authentic to the person. So if you have, you know, like when we uh, did Beats by Dr. Dre with Jimmy and Dre, well, what could be more authentic than, uh, you know, a music producer and a label executive who's also a producer and also an engineer coming out with a headphone? You can't get more authentic. Right. And so all, all of the things that we tried to do have sort of tried to stay in that lane. And uh, as I said, I learned a lot of that from Arnold. But again, if, uh, if you don't have the aptitude, it's very hard to do. So, but, but there are a lot of people who have it. They just haven't developed it because so they haven't had the time and they don't have the people around them, which is where I kind of come in. I'm someone around them who can help them develop that. And then I can also be helped by them because like they may be great at marketing or, you know, or they may be great at sales or they may be great at something else in business, which is what I found. So if you go, I mean, you know, uh, Jimmy Iovine is as good a marketer as I think there is in the world. He's a record producer and he's a label executive. It just so happens. He's great. This guy is like invented marketing, you know, and I, I, I think I mentioned to you that you know, in, in about 1997, I was driving around in a golf cart with Warren Buffett. We were in a like golf tournament together. And he, I don't know, he says, how's Arnold doing? And I said, oh, he's great. You know, this was obviously before governor stuff. And he said, what a brand. This is 1997. And I was like, what? What do you mean? He goes, Arnold's a brand because he's an incredible brand. He's one of the best brands of the world. I was like, really? Like, I never had thought of that. Because people didn't talk like that. Like today, you go, Arnold's a brand. LeBron's a brand, right? The Jay-Z is a brand. Like there are people who are brands. And, but at that time, 
You didn't think like that. And again, it goes back to the fact because when we talk about Mark Spitz or whoever, Joe Namath even, they were endorsing things. So they were endorsing a brand. That wasn't their brand. But listening to Arnold's story, one of the geniuses of all that was because as he traveled around the world promoting his movies, he was building his own brand until he was a brand. And his brand was bigger than the movies, than each individual movie. And that's where we are today, which is why I think when he can do something like the video, the Russian video he did, his brand is so big all over the world, in Russia, everywhere, that people know when they see him what that stands for. And that's the definition of a brand. They know it stands for honesty and authenticity. And it's not like, oh, it just stands for someone who's shilling. And so I've really learned that. And I've really tried to pick people who are authentic to that, you know, and, and not ever to push like we were developing and Arnold's involved with this too, a, a, a tequila company with LeBron. And he's very passionate about it, but it's very honest. He loves tequila and he loves this tequila. At this point, what's the, what's the point of pushing things that you're not honest with? And yet you look out in the world and what you see is a lot of people are sitting, agents and lawyers and uh, people sitting around going, uh-oh, I represent so-and-so. I better find some business to build. No. Wait till they come to you and say, I love whatever. you know. And another example with Arnold, which I think is really interesting, is the Hummer example. Because that was another deal he, he uh, gave 100% of the money to charity. For that. But, but he was driving around in a military Hummer trying to push General Motors to build the civilian Hummer. Well, when, he, when the, Hummer, the civilian Hummer came out, nobody doubted. He wasn't, he wasn't like shilling for Buick or Oldsmobile which wouldn't be believable. Maybe Mercedes would be believable or BMW, but Hummer was really believable. And so I think sticking to that is what works. And, you know, in today's world, you know, it's, it's gone a little sideways because you have people uh, who are not celebrities, who are so influential. They have 150 followers and they've never done anything, actually. And, you know, I don't know. It's yet to be seen to me whether they can successfully build businesses. Obviously, the Kardashians have built some, some very successful businesses. They're kind of unicorn, you know, on another planet. But, you know, I, one thing you know is that if you understand the brand of a person and they're selling something that's authentic to them, it's probably going to work. I think when people see that, they know it is real. And this is what I think what Warren Buffett talked about because Warren Buffett came to me and said, what do you think about this of me buying you know, the NetJet? And I said, him, I said, it's a great investment. And he said, why do you say that? I said, because I now fly a plane, a private plane. And he said, you do? And I said, yeah. I said, but the disadvantage of the private plane is that you own is simply that you are now responsible for the plane. I only fly 250 hours a year. What about the other 750 hours? I say, imagine now with NetJet, I said, there's fractional ownerships that they're offering now. I say, you don't have to own just the whole plane yourself. You can own just a quarter. He said, you're, you're right. He bought the company. 
We started talking. Then he took me on a road. I went to Ireland with him, to Scotland, to England, to all these various different castles. And everywhere we had, we had his presentation. And he dragged me around all over the place to talk about my experience with the plane. Why? Because to show authenticity. Authenticity is the most important thing. Here's a guy, a celebrity, that wants to fly with the commercial plane, but can't because when he arrives with the commercial plane after the 10-hour flight, he's standing at the luggage area, and then the people are bombarding him with autographs and pictures and this and that. So, he, you know, he can't do all of this. And then get to the hotel quickly for the press conference and all of this. So he's flying now a private plane. And so he got it. He says, for me to talk about it enthusiastically, about private plane flying and the advantages for executives. He said he bought the company and he went through the roof. And uh, you know, Warren, of course, doesn't do anything that doesn't go through the roof, right? right? True. So he knows yeah. exactly how to do that. <laughs> and he said, I admire him so much because he's kind of like, really, when I visited his office, it was just, you could really get it. What a brilliant man he is. What an operation he has in order. So, so this is the kind of people that I like to study. This is the kind of people that I like that, 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 that helped me. He was the first one, of course, there to endorse me when I ran for governor because he knew that I have the business mind. That's why I said, he says, I endorse you because you're the only one who has the business mind amongst those politicians that can go in there and straighten out the mess. So it was really great to, to, to work with him. But it's all about authenticity. When cyber criminals strike, the difference between a catastrophic event and resilience is preparedness. Finance leaders who plan ahead can thwart the damage posed by ransomware. Yet in a recent EY poll, only 23% of directors expressed confidence in their organization's ability to respond to a ransomware attack. Cyber preparedness is just one facet of the complex risk landscape finance leaders face every day. Now more than ever, it's vital to keep ahead of developments. Cybercrime, macroeconomic conditions, ESG reporting. You can't predict the future, but you can prepare for it. By understanding your risk, you can make your business resilient to challenges on the road ahead. What's more, you can turn those risks into opportunities. EY helps CFOs, boards, and audit committees see beyond the numbers to uncover the critical insights that make their organizations resilient, even in an ever-shifting landscape. For more insights that matter, visit ey.com slash beyond the numbers. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, 
It's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. And so as you look at this sort of generation coming up, whether it's, I mean, like LeBron and others, but even younger, we're at this time where this is a given to some extent that an athlete or entertainer or a musician, they are going to start doing this at a very early age. What do you advise them to do? Like, what's your advice to them? If, if Paul introduces you to a new young musician, what, what do you tell them? Get help. And I have the right person for you. Go to Main Street Advisors. And it is, I feel like I'm in the Carson seat yeah, right, right now exactly. that I just set Me you up too. for that. No, but I mean, the interesting thing is because it will cost you money because Paul and Main Street Advisors is not working for free. Right. But as I always say, that if someone wants to take, let's say, 10% of my, business, of my money, that he makes for me. I'm the happiest guy in the world that I have now 90% of money that I normally wouldn't have. So the bottom line is you need to know that this is a very, very sophisticated and complicated world out there when it comes to business. And it is such an enormous potential that is available. And the amount is that you can make, the, that the, whatever you're into, music, whatever, how would they know how he can connect you to businesses that it looks organic because you're involved in business? If you have a great talent, you're going through the roof, you're becoming very popular in your business, make sure not to just think about your business, but there's also something like business, business. <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 and you got to concentrate on making $1 into two. And you got to concentrate on, okay, now you're 22 years old and you're making millions of dollars. Will you really make those millions of dollars when you're 65, 70, and 75? How would you have that money then? Someone needs to invest it today. Someone has to be advising you. Someone has to guide you through. Every single person, if I go now and I want to learn how to do yoga, I will hire a yoga instructor. Every one of those actors that wants to do stunts, they go to stunt guys, to stunt coordinators, and they learn how to do stunts. And the same thing is with this. You cannot go and improvise on this. You got to go and get the proper help that is helping you guide through this. That is what my advice of it is. That, like I said, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're talented in some area, and you, you're making a lot of money, get advice to someone knows how to make this money, make, you know, multiply this and keep it and pay your taxes and all of it. Who's the next Arnold, Paul? <laughs> He's one of one, but how do, you, how do you in your business find a guy like this? Honestly, uh, he's one of one and anyone who, could compare to him would be, right? right? That would be the definition. 
I think LeBron has a lot of uh, character. Reminds me of all mm. as certain characteristics that remind. Um, not as, <laughs> he's definitely not as good looking and not as tall. Not yeah, as tall. it's embarrassing. But uh, he has certain, <laughs> some of the same characteristics, which are you know, which are, drive success. I mean, you look at LeBron, you look at him, and they're unicorns, right? They're they're just you know. LeBron's obviously a lot younger and he hasn't had three giant careers, but, but the fact is he's breaking barriers in what he does, whether it's business wise or whether it's on the court. I mean, he's 37 years old. You know, I think Arnold is a model for, I mean, he's been a model for me for my business, but I think he's a model for a lot of other people out there. I think a lot of people look up to him and they understand that he he broke a lot of barriers and changed the game um so you know but even like um you know at smaller levels like i work with billy eilish you know she she for example she gets authenticity right she gets authenticity you know we i helped her develop a fragrance she has been obsessed with fragrance since she was 10 years old. So she gets offers every day from every crypto company, every company you can think of, right? She's probably the biggest star in the world, star, one of the three biggest. And she does, she did fragrance because she loves fragrance, right? Um, so I think that that lesson of authenticity is lost on many people. Uh, I try and you know keep that with my clients, but for some like her, it's natural. So how can you compare? You can't compare a 20-year-old girl and say she's Arnold, but there's certain things about her. She's real and authentic and true to herself. That's what he is. What LeBron is. That's what I see. That's what I look for. But honestly, he's the OG. He is. And if you ask any of my clients who's the OG, they know that he's the OG because in many ways, you know, he broke a lot of molds. And this whole idea of started talking about the business thing, you know, that's a big deal. That That's a big thing, that the idea of a celebrity influence or whatever you want to call it, owning their own business and building their business as opposed to just endorsing. That is a big deal. That has made a lot of money for a lot of people. You know, Jay-Z sold Brandy this year. And, you know, uh, there's all these businesses out there that are where there's real, there's also a lot of ones that fail and there's a lot of ones that, that say they succeed and they don't, but not everything succeeds. But the fact is that the fact that you can do it and that you should do it, but what he said before is really important. You need to start with an idea, not with, I want to do a business. I see all the time, I want to make, I want to do a business because I'm supposed to do a business as opposed to, I have an idea. Now, how do I execute that idea? Who do I have around me to execute the idea? What, how authentic am I in that idea? So that's it. But I mean, I think, you know, I, as you know, and I, you can tell, you know, I, I have a tremendous amount of respect, but I learned so much from Arnold because this was when I first met him, he was really right at the end of his bodybuilding. Really wasn't any different. All these things he's talking about today, he was talking about. And I, I really learned a lot because I, 
I didn't come from, you know, marketing. I didn't come, I didn't come from celebrity. I came from Wall Street. That's a very different thing. And law. So, you know, you have to learn these things. So I had a great team. Any final thoughts, Arnold? That's I'm loyalty. I'm trying to make a commercial here. I don't <laughs> expect anything for fruit. But I'm, I, I, it just shows you the power that you just because if you're like me, that if you feel comfortable, it's kind of like if it is not broken, don't fix it. So, you know, it worked. I put it on. I couldn't even compare it to anything else because I never used anything else. So I have now 53 years later, I'm still doing it. So this is the power of a celebrity if you connect with the product. When cyber criminals strike, the difference between a catastrophic event and resilience is preparedness. Finance leaders who plan ahead can thwart the damage posed by ransomware. Yet in a recent EY poll, only 23% of directors expressed confidence in their organization's ability to respond to a ransomware attack. Cyber preparedness is just one facet of the complex risk landscape finance leaders face every day. Now more than ever, it's vital to keep ahead of developments. Cybercrime, macroeconomic conditions, ESG reporting. You can't predict the future, but you can prepare for it. By understanding your risk, you can make your business resilient to challenges on the road ahead. What's more, you can turn those risks into opportunities. EY helps CFOs, boards, and audit committees see beyond the numbers to uncover the critical insights that make their organizations resilient, even in an ever-shifting landscape. For more insights that matter, visit ey.com slash beyond the numbers. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. All right, well, let me ask you one more question because I've been very generous with both of you. All these things that you've identified are, are very critical, almost like zeitgeist moment, right? That things are happening in the, in the broader culture. What do you see now as you think about like the business lens of Arnold? Like, what are you seeing out there now that excites you? 
I think the opportunities are there. I think the opportunities are multiplying. I think the, with the social media now, it is, uh, has opened up a whole new world. I think there's such wonderful kind of synergy that, that can happen. Uh, I think we have to just be creative, uh, creative. Remember that you can work. I've worked for many, many years from morning to night as a bricklayer working on construction when I first came to America. And we made, you know, let's say $100 a day in the 70s. But I tell you, with all of that work, one good idea is the equivalent of 10 years working every day on construction. Just one good idea. So this is why I always say you cannot go and work enough to make up for what ideas bring. And so if you get a good idea on how to start a business or what business it ought to be or what your deal should be and all of those kind of things, um, that is where the money is. And so that's why I say, people say to me, do you think there's still all these opportunities out there that you once had? Would you still be a successful if you would come over the day to America? I say, absolutely. This is still the land of opportunity, especially now that we have a choice. You can go and go all in on being just American products and just American company, or you want to go global, you go global. You have the choices today. That is the great thing. And it is unbelievable the stuff that is out there. Look at the amount of money that the people are making every day if they do the right move. So I have great hope. I think the key thing is that we get the right help. And that's why I always say on any of my kind of success speeches, I always say, remember, I'm not a self-made man. What you see in front of you is a creation by thousands of people. And it's still a, a work in progress. You know, because if I think about the teachers that helped me, my parents that helped me, the coaches that helped me, Joe Weider bringing me to America, Ben Weider, you know, exploring me and, and, and kind of helping me with the IFBB, with the International Federation of Bodybuilding, Franco Colombo that was training with me, Paul Walker that was helping me with my investments. I mean, it goes, the list goes on and on and on. President Bush, that may be the chairman of the President's Council on Fitness, which made me travel all over the United States. So it was like the, the California people, 5.8 million people that voted for me to become governor. How can I ever say I'm a self-made man? I, would have, I, I cannot make myself to, to be governor. So all of these millions and millions of people and thousands of them that were closely working with me helped me. So get help. Don't be afraid of asking to get help. This is where the action is, to reach out and get help. My thanks to Arnold Schwarzenegger and Paul Wachter for their time and insights. You've been listening to a special edition of Masters in Business. I'm Jason Kelly. For more on Paul Wachter and his work advising Arnold, LeBron, and more, check out our story about Main Street Advisors on the Bloomberg Terminal and at Bloomberg.com. Thanks for listening. 
To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.